This is Simulcast, a high-fidelity podcast about healthcare simulation. So welcome to Simulcast episode 10, The Team Huddle. Uh, Today we're going to be catching up for the very first time with Ben Simon, Victoria Brazel and myself, Jesse Spur, all recording together. So the full Simulcast team coming together. It's only taken 14 months. So the aim of today's episode is to take a look back at sort of our first year with Simulcast and really do a bit of housekeeping because there's been a lot of new bits and pieces come through. So to make this a bit manageable, what what I thought we'd do is actually break it down and look into the the products, I suppose, that have emerged over our first year and a bit um, in Simulcast. And they've sort of organically added. So I guess taking it back to the the beginnings, of, and that probably lies... 18 months pushing towards two years ago from memory um, when Vic, you kind of got in touch to discuss this idea about maybe doing something that helps to develop an online community of practice for simulation. And what do you take us back to that moment? Sure, Jesse. Well, I think it was a shared thing that you and I thought there was a need to connect the simulation community in the way that I think we'd seen the emergency medicine and critical care community being brought together through online platforms. And not just connect the group, but also connect the subgroups within it. Uh, Certainly I knew a lot of high-flying researchers and leaders within the simulation community. I also knew lots of people who were doing great work at the coalface who were often on their own and who didn't have the critical mass of the faculty that were at the big simulation centres. So the motivation was very much to try and connect these people, try and introduce literature to people that didn't read it it all the time, but also really to bring the everyday challenges to the fore and have a shared experience in talking about them and accessing expertise that everybody could then learn from. And of course, I needed someone to help me make it happen, Jesse, and you were the obvious person. From there, we sort of decided pretty swiftly that a podcast was probably going to be a nice format to achieve some of those goals because it gives those sort of experts, I guess, or the the um, researchers and the people that are the thought leaders around modern healthcare simulation practice, an opportunity to sort of prize a little bit deeper into the their thoughts and their philosophies, not just the bit that they've been able to confine down to be of volume sufficient to publish in a journal, I guess. Um, the other key thing quite purposefully with a podcast is that fairly natural and intimate um, feeling of sitting around and having a conversation or being a third party to a conversation, which my feeling very much is that that is a great medium for encouraging a community of practice to develop, people to feel like there's an accessibility to join in conversations. And so we kind of started off with the concept of just having a main monthly episode. Um, and they definitely are going to be continuing in format. And this is an example of that. So those 20 to 30 minute episodes um very conversationally based, structured around generally an interview with um, guests and looking around a, a case concept or a case resolution or a particular innovation. And some of the absolute standouts for me in the first 12 months have been um, 
the Live Die Repeat episode that we did with uh, Carmine Sunga and, and Daniel Cabrera. And um, my other two favourites are probably a bit more obvious than that, which is um, Epic Debriefing with Walter Epic and the um, Safe Container for Learning with Jenny Rudolph. So they those formats will still continue as we go forward and they're still going to cover that conventional numbering um, of episodes. So they're going to be our primary monthly simulcast episodes. What we found quite quickly is that stuff started to just quite organically come into the mix. And one of those was the fairly serendipitous addition of um, Ben. So Vic, you introduced Ben into the fold quite early, only about a month or two after we got started. So can you give us a little bit of a background on that? And then we'll hear from Ben about um, the emergence of the Journal Club. Yes, somehow I found out Ben was running a Journal Club via an email group. And we decided to have coffee. I thought, what a great idea. I joined their email group. And then we had a bit of a chat and I said, why don't we host that on Simulcast? Because we're trying to build this community anyway. It seems that's similar to the group that you might like to converse with and have other thoughts on journal articles with. And so it was really about us connecting the platform with Ben's excellent plan to have a group of people who talk about articles with a view to furthering their own practice and of course their own skills at critiquing articles. So uh, yeah, and didn't look back, Ben, what have you got to say for yourself? Yeah, look, I think, I guess looking back is the is the word of the day, but I couldn't have imagined how transformative it was going to be over the last 12 months after that little coffee we had on the Brisbane River. Um, we had been running that little email journal club with a few mates that I'd met on a few courses and we're having some really good discussions and it, it started to get some interest from a number of people wanting to join and then um, I think the suggestions that you and Jesse had for changing the format to more of an aliomedic style format with a case study and involving some experts uh, has been such an incredible journey um, and I guess particularly looking back when we launched our ebook uh, at the end of the t- first 12 months uh, just seeing the number of sort of international experts and international collaborators from pretty much every every continent almost uh, it, it's just been amazing. Yeah, I would agree. I think your writing those cases has been some of that success, Ben. And for people who only listen to the podcast, I really encourage you to either look at the ebook or to look on the website and have a bit of a look at the cases and also Ben's summaries because they're beautifully put together as a distillation of the conversations that are had on the online journal club together with the expert opinion of the commentator that we have uh, each month. The other aspect of it is that it's forced me to pick up my game as well because I'm the second string on the Journal Club podcasts uh, in that we also review two or three other articles that have been around in the literature over the last few months and uh, that's certainly increased my reading lists and I think it also provides a nice way to get a short dip into some of the things that are being discussed in the literature. Yeah, and I'm really interested um, to hear Ben I know you presented recently at um, Australasian Simulation Congress essentially about the journey of the Journal Club, um, quite nicely titled, If You Build It, They Will Comment. And with that, I suppose part of that evolution has been the addition of the Simulcast Journal Club podcast as well as the, the blog format as well. So do you want to take us a little bit through kind of a highlight reel of your talk from... Um, ASC and hit on some of the main points over the last 12 months and some of the experiences and then I guess finish off with a where to from here for Journal Club. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, it was a fairly personal talk for me in that uh, we started out sort of establishing why it was so important to start this up. And for me, it was all about being just that kind of coalface educator that Vic described, someone who is, you know, very passionate about sim, who's really interested in it, kind of working on their own and not necessarily really investing a lot of time in their own professional development. Um, And I think in tandem with that, probably some realities about how particularly in medicine, we're essentially an apprenticeship training model and we get a pretty good feeling that you can become an expert in something just by doing what the person who taught you how to do it showed you how to do it. Um, And really that journey over the last 12 months of of seeing experts in the field and and reading literature from experts in the field and um, suddenly realizing there was this whole kind of ocean of knowledge that I had no idea about um, has been incredibly exciting. Um, so, you know, we started the Journal Club originally as a way to have that, a little bit of that public accountability with my friends on, on an email list, and, and then we evolved it with time as I got to join you guys. Um, and looking back at it now, we get, you know, pretty good numbers. We're getting about, um, you know, 350 people looking at the page every month. But one of the challenges that I talked about in the presentation was the fact that uh, we have a relatively small number of people actually actively participating in the conversation. Um, And I think a lot of the energy from the Journal Club and a lot of the stuff that gives it is life has been that really fascinating interaction between some of the academics in the field who want to sort of either promote their paper or want to interact with the people that they're actually trying to change their practice Um, and having some problem-solving discussions with people who are on the coalface who are saying, look, I've read this, I'm not quite sure how to implement implemented um, and that energy is really important for the journal club and so I think through the talk I sort of t- started to discuss some of the challenges that had come up in actively engaging people and really acknowledging that sometimes I think as simulation educators we're quite happy to have our learners put themselves out there on the other side of the one-way glass and become p- quite vulnerable but I think for a lot of us uh, doing the same amongst our education colleagues uh, is another challenge and we almost kind of need a little second safe container to be able to look at ourselves and how we're teaching and acknowledge what we're doing well and maybe what we're not. Um, and so I th- hope that with time we'll continue to get more people actively engaging in the journal club and I guess I'm trying to also sort of problem solve if there are any other barriers that people might see that we can intervene with and improve so that people feel more comfortable talking in that online format. Having said that though it has just been such um, a fascinating discussion over the last 12 months with so many experts and so many people from around the world. and definitely looking back at those summaries as I was uh, assembling them in, into our ebook, uh, it really has been an incredible journey, and I've certainly learned a lot. You're listening to Simulcast. The Journal Club has definitely been a fairly big success and a bit and a real surprise packet, I guess, and one of those fairly serendipitous things, as I mentioned before, where it, it, it happened quite naturally. Um, having the team of three has really helped to sort of focus and shape um, the the direction forward, I guess, which started off quite um, natural and and just stepping forward and t- and saying yes to to everything and um, thinking of oh, who's who's going to be cool to ha- have on, and then really has um, I guess what I've noticed is we've refined the the vision and keep coming back to that central sort of driver of um, does this contribute to us actually building a tighter community for. Um, clinician educators and simulation educators that are out there 
uh, fairly isolated at, at times. So that's been a really, really useful um, focus to keep coming back to. Some of the other, I guess this to move it along to one of the other fairly just natural things that's that's arisen is a, a fairly recent partnership with the Advance, Advances in Simulation Journal. So Vic, can you take us a little bit through what, what that is and how that arose? Sure, Jesse. So I was a fan of Advances in Simulation uh, since it started. This is an open access journal published by IMED Central. Those of you that haven't listened to our podcasts, uh, by all means, check out the couple we have already. So it certainly fits in with our ethos of hashtag foam sim. Uh, so knowing Deborah Nestel, who's the editor-in-chief of the journal, was definitely a plus, and I approached her and said, look, I think this is in fact the future of publishing where so-called traditional journals have a partner who is a social media platform, or many, and looking at a way to give their excellent work more exposure and also for us as a way for us to uh, make a connection with some of the people who are creating the research and then refining it, distilling it and editing it into their journal. So, so far, Deborah and I did an introductory podcast just to outline the nature of the collaboration. And since then, we've had one episode we've released and one we've just recorded. And in each of those, we take a paper from Advances in Simulation, usually nominated by Deborah. We get one of the authors of the paper onto the podcast and a discussant. So someone who we think will have an informed opinion about the paper, whether it's the methods or whether it's the context in which the paper is written. And uh, the first one that we've had released so far is by Ryan Bridges, uh, a Canadian fellow who wrote an excellent editorial in the uh, Advances in Simulation Journal. And we're planning on doing this every two months. And certainly I'm finding that really interesting because we're getting some deep dives into these papers. We're really finding out about the context in which a lot of this literature is both developed and then disseminated. And I think we're um, hopefully also helping to promote the journal, which I think is um, a great one. I, I would hasten to add uh, this relationship isn't exclusive on either side. So certainly in the uh, Journal Club podcast, we still feature articles from Simulation in Healthcare uh, and the other big simulation journals. And likewise, we don't consider ourselves with the monopoly on advances. They've got lots of platforms by which they disseminate their great work. Um, and it's probably a nice uh, segue into just thinking about what we feel has been our penetration so far. And uh, we talked about the Australasian Simulation Congress and obviously we did a podcast series from there. And it was very gratifying. We got a lot of positive feedback from people who were at the Congress who'd been listening to Simulcast. But it's, it's quite difficult uh, because of course we don't know who hasn't found us. And we also don't know if there's people who found us but who don't like us. And so I think one of the things that we'd really like to see going forward is people giving us comments uh, on the website. And so just to remind everybody that's Simulcast, sorry, just to remind everybody that's simulationpodcast.com uh, because I guess we are pretty keen and at this point where we're continuing to evolve to get ideas from people, whether it's ideas for guests or whether it's ideas for topics that people would like covered or whether it's just feedback about how they find our format and things that we do. So certainly for me, uh, taking the big picture, um, keen for more comments and feedbacks and people to come onto the website and give those to us. 
So, so Vic, you mentioned that uh, there's some there's some metrics and some ways for us to have a bit of an understanding about the reach and um, audience of the podcast. This formed sort of the the framing for your presentation at the ASC. Um, do you want to take us a little bit through that? Sure. So, my presentation was actually in the fringe section of the conference, which is where novel ideas and new things are meant to be profiled. And this is still a fairly novel thing, podcasting for the healthcare simulation community. So we thought that was a good fit. And really, it doesn't lend itself to the sort of introduction methods, results and discussion uh, in that really what we've got to go on is some metrics around who's listening, where are they listening and where are they from. And so Jesse very kindly went through the metrics both from the podcast downloads and from the website hits. And, uh, you know, very gratifying. Plenty of people are coming to the website. Far more are actually downloading our podcast via iTunes. And I think that's probably a pattern that uh, is the case for many people who operate a website and a podcast. We found that although most were from Australia, that wasn't the overall majority. We have actually quite a few listeners from the UK, from the US, Canada, and other parts of the world, including our friends in South Africa. So it was nice to see that there is something of a global reach. And I guess for me, some of the take-homes were really thinking about how do we make sure that people can get all the things we've got to offer. So I think we are putting a bit of an effort into asking people to come back to the website, as I said before, and have a look at the supporting materials that we often have posted that are meant to be adjunctive to the podcast uh, material that is obviously downloadable via iTunes. And so really the talk was just a summary of what we've got in terms of those numeric uh, measures of what we've done. But as I said, what it really did for me was whet my appetite for a little bit more detailed market research about how people are listening, what they like, and uh, how best we can continue to connect that community. That sounds like a very perfect summary. And the one of the key things you, you touched on is we, we don't know who's not finding us and we don't know who is finding bits of what we're doing and um, maybe missing out or selecting to avoid, <laughs> depending on your frame, um, the other stuff. So one of the things we're, I guess, more recently doing is a little bit more of a purposeful strategy about our social media outlets, um, with particular the addition of an Instagram account. This is relatively novel space for us to be playing in. I've been a um, personal user of Instagram for Happy Snaps, um, proud to say not really food photos, but um, for more family oriented stuff and some personal stuff. But increasingly talking to a few colleagues, particularly Salim Rezai and Simon Carley, um, there's there's a growing interest uh, in exploring Instagram as a as a teaching tool in the same way that Twitter has become quite ubiquitous um, for the foam ed and the foam sim community for conversations. The visual nature of Instagram lends itself quite nicely to what is largely quite a a visually stimulating field of healthcare simulation. So you can actually find us um, with the same hashtag, uh, same um, handle as our Twitter handle at sim underscore podcast on Instagram and um, Twitter. So we are kind of being more attentive to that and considering that they're in a in a way in the language of Michael Hyatt the author of platform get noticed in a noisy world they're our embassies they're the um, posts that are out and about with um, 
links back to our home base, which we view as our podcast and website largely and the journal club. So come and check out those um, if you haven't already stumbled on them. So our Instagram at sim underscore podcast and Twitter with the same handle as well. The other thing that's really, really important, and I've I've underestimated this a bit um, until reading more about it, is actually ratings on iTunes. So if you're an avid listener um, and you want to give feedback, we'd prefer it's positive on iTunes, but if not, um, give any feedback you can by going to the um, iTunes website. page for sim simulcast and actually leaving a rating and a review that's that actually increases the searchability and the visibility um, within the itunes algorithms so that helps your friends that haven't found us yet uh, to find us so the the final sort of um I guess regular piece that's very much going to continue to to be a feature is the the pause and discuss episodes. So those vox pop style um, short grabs around really just quite interesting things or interesting people that we run in, run into, um, and there we're going to keep those rolling through because they've actually proven to be quite um, surprisingly popular with um, with in terms of downloads. So. We will keep um, running into you guys at uh, at conferences. Come up, have a chat. Um, we'll pull out pull out the little microphone attached to the iPhone and catch a, a few minutes of um, your wisdom and experiences. So please come up and um, tap us on the shoulder and say, "Hey, I'd like to pause and discuss a topic." That sort of brings us close to the end. And Vic, you just wanted to um, throw out a couple of uh, celebratory congratulations to some of our friends. Yes, we think we've been doing well going for a full 12 months, but uh, there's two groups who are worthy of comment who are having birthdays in the next month or two. The Sydney Clinical Skills and Simulation Centre are having their 20th birthday on the uh, 29th of September. Leonie Waterson is hosting a day-long program of celebration with some great speakers, some well-designed plenary sessions, and uh, I'll post the website link. Uh, that's their 20th birthday. And then not less than a month later, the Monash simulation folks are having a 20th birthday celebration as well. And that um, has a special place for me. They've invited me back to come and give a talk. But I don't know if they quite realise, but that was where I did my first ever simulation course as a participant in 2004. And I've got to say it's changed my clinical practice and it's also changed my educational practice, obviously, immensely so. But we wish both of those groups well uh, for their 20th birthdays and uh, expect to have at least a brief little pause and discuss from both of those events. To close it up, I'm just going to hand it over to Ben to wrap it up and put a nail in it. Absolutely. So look, I guess this episode has really been about reflecting on what this first 12 months has been like and looking at a lot of the things that we've done well, talking about the things that we're anticipating are going to go well in the future and the things we want to change and improve. Uh, But as Vic's alluded to, we really want to hear from you guys and uh, give us your feedback. I know from Journal Club, I'd love it if you guys uh, can jump in and make a comment. But also, if you don't want to make a comment and you think there's a way that it can be improved or you've got an article to suggest, just jump on board. Um, And as Jesse's alluded to, um, we really need people to use that website that we've got as a connecting place where we can hear from your thoughts as well. It can be hard sometimes when you're podcasting to necessarily know what your audience is thinking, uh, and we'd really love to do that. 
that so that we can continue to provide the best service and uh, keep building that international community of practice. We'd love to hear from you. Contact or comment at simulationpodcast.com.